In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! In a day where just living is hard enough, have we come to the spot where we compromise on retirement? On today's Get Ready for the Future show, we look at good enough retirement and how not to settle with your financial future. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome into the Get Ready for the Future show. John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, and Teresa Arago are with you today. Scott Inman is away with some personal business, but uh, Janet, we I've got the helm held down you know yes, we're, we we're, we're gonna we're gonna be sure that uh scott will be back next week and and uh the whole gang will be back together but uh today on the get ready for the future show what we want to really focus in on is kind of the times that we're living in to some degree mm-hmm. uh but also how that's affecting us uh more so about our financial future as opposed to all the concern about what may be going on in your in your health and in your family in the immediate, we want to look ahead a little bit and talk about how we may be leaning toward maybe a, a more of a good enough retirement. John, I remember years ago when I was teaching, I remember writing the word up on the board. Uh, the word was mediocrity. Mm. And I drew like a, a Ghostbusters circle and slashed through it over the word because I, I was kind of frustrated with this class of students that I knew that they could do better and they had just not applied themselves in this particular situation. And so we talked about mediocrity not being acceptable. And I think that, frankly, some people need that same conversation for their retirement. That, you know, it, when you realize that you're settling for a good enough retirement, then you probably realize it's it's not good enough. It's not okay to ha- to have a mediocre retirement. And for some people, it may be a lack of information. Yeah. They may not know what to do because if I didn't know what to do, I would feel more powerless. Right. You know, with school, you do your work, you work hard, you get better grades. But when it comes to retirement, nobody's teaching us when we're young what to do. Nobody's even telling us to start young. Right. And, and sometimes we lack the tools if we don't have an advisor in our life who's helping us, educating us, and coaching us. Well, ladies, here's the, the statistic that uh, really is kind of focusing us on uh, this issue today. Only 57% of the people who are retired today say they live as well or better than when they were working. That's slightly more than half, but that's kind of a sad commentary on retirement. And it's not necessarily so much about, you know, the dollar amount, but it's really about the quality of life. And and I think that, that some of that has to come from the stress and the worry about the lack of savings that you had throughout uh, your working years. You know, one of the things that we talk about so many times is being intentional. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when we talk about long-term care coverage, you know, you may you may get it, you may not, but let's make an intentional decision. Well, the same concept is true for your retirement. Let's be intentional about how much money you're saving for retirement, about whether or not you're on track for retirement to even know, you know, the answers to those questions. Where am I? Where am I going to be? be what's a reasonable estimate of where I'm going to be at the time of retirement you have to know because if you Mm -hmm. don't know I promise you you're settling yeah settling is not what you you want to to be in a situation with when you don't really have the option to go to work Teresa there's a lot of people that have have retired because they had to and that lack of preparation is really showing up The statistics tell us that people are retiring earlier than intended most often. There are a large group of people, especially this year, who entered retirement not because they wanted to, but because their workforce was shortened or lowered. And I'd like to clarify what we're talking about when we talk about settling, because that for some people has different meanings. So good enough, right? Are you living the life you imagined several years ago when you were thinking about retirement? Are, or are you getting near to retirement and you're starting to go, ooh, am I ready? Am I going to have the things I need? Those are some of the things that we talk about that are what we would call a good enough retirement. You but know, there's t- others, too. Teresa, we were talking about a, a client conversation 
where mm-hmm. you know we're trying to get to the the answer on how much money do you need to have in retirement mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's like pulling teeth to yes. get that answer and and if you don't start with answering those types of questions about honey how much how much do we need you know like per mm-hmm. month how much do we need to have in retirement if you don't start by answering those questions then you just get what you get at the end of the game you show up to retirement and you've not been intentional about planning and focusing on what dollar amount you need then you just get what you get and maybe it's enough maybe you're not you know really settling because there's there's more than enough Mm -hmm. but again be intentional about it so that you're not accidentally settling for you know good enough Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of this is is really the mindset that you have, even as you're working and saving money. And, and I think that, and Janet, I know you've seen this, and Teresa, you've probably seen this as well in, in your career. People that, that basically say, I deserve a quality retirement are intentional about it. They are mm-hmm. on a mission. You know, you can just see it in their demeanor yeah. almost that they are not going to settle, that they, they, they've realized that, hey, I did not work this hard to live on less. So mm-hmm. let's be sure that we get what we need as far as retirement is concerned. I think far too many people spend their lives earning money that they feel that they they can't or shouldn't use maybe in yeah. retirement and and you know they they've stacked up a lot of money and then they just don't want to spend anything now we also have those folks that want to spend everything you know yeah. That, yeah. that the piggy bank is open and here we go and and uh you know i want this new boat and i want to buy four new cars and i want to pay them all off at the same time and mm-hmm. you know oh i got to pay taxes on that well yeah go ahead and take that out of my retirement too and i just want to get to this spot where i've got all my toys and then they look up and they go wait a minute uh what about this income Mm -hmm. and and so those are things that that i think that there's got to be a good balancing act in in what you're doing well and another thing that we see from just society when you start googling which is dangerous it's kind of like playing dr google you don't want to be financial (laughs) advisor google yeah um when you start Googling, like, how much do I need to live on in retirement? What you're going to get every time in some of the responses, you're going to see something that basically says that you need 80% of your working income in retirement. Guys, I've been doing this for right at two decades now. John, you're over three. And and I have yet to have somebody come in and say, I want to take a 20% pay cut when mm-hmm. I go to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, now there are some who can make it because they've they have paid off their house, maybe. But when you factor in medical expenses, mm-hmm. spending money on the grandkids, because we know you want to do that, travel, those types of things, we don't have people who say, I want to spend 20% less the year after I retire than I spent while I was working that last year. And another way of just getting by is those who are spending every waking minute agonizing over what their portfolio is doing because they don't really have a plan that would meet the needs, whether the market's up or down. You know, there's, there's these steps that we can take to prepare people, but if they haven't taken those steps, can you imagine where they were in March? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, think about what she's saying here, Janet, in terms of quality of life in retirement. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. When you are are 100% performance driven, you are 100% out of control of your Mm -hmm. portfolio. If you are worried about when the next downturn is going to come or who's going to get elected president or what are they going to do on taxes or, you know, put in the crisis, uh, you know, that that you want to, you know, lean on. You've got to think about, you know, there's there's better ways to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I think is a a real advantage of sitting down with an advisor like us here at GenWealth. I think the other point that I want to make on this is what's the point of scrimping and saving all of your life if you're going to retire? just to scrimp and save. You know, you've got to be able to scrimp and save, yes, and and put money away uh, methodically for retirement, but get there in such a way that you can live life that you really do want. It is that that desired future that you're looking for that you're trying to arrange right now as you're saving for retirement. John, let's talk about our guest we have coming up next. Yes, absolutely. Rebecca Schlau is a psychologist and is going to talk to us about this whole thing of settling. That is coming up on the Get Ready for the Future show. If you're watching us on Facebook, check in with us on Facebook Live, and we will uh, pass your question along to our team. We're back in just a couple of minutes on the Get Ready for the Future show. If you want the answer... 
Ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Janet, I was thinking that if you want to find two professions that hedge more than any in the world, one is an attorney because they will yeah. never tell you, here's the law. They'll say, well, it could be this way or it could be that uh-huh. way. And the other is a, a, a researcher or investment person or something like that. Because in the finance and investment world, we don't make bold proclamations about things because things change so quickly. Well, it's kind of like being a meteorologist. I mean, we, we you know think that this is the direction, but it could change very quickly. That's so, right. So, but we this really got our attention this week when our friend Ryan Dietrich, who's a regular guest on the Get Ready for the Future, show. He's the chief market strategist at LPL Financial. He used, John, the softest of qualifiers when he announced this week that the recession of 2020 is likely over. Yeah, catch that. The recession is over. Likely. Likely. Yes, likely (laughs) over. It's It's kind of sort of possible. It's not definitively (laughs) over until after it's way over and we can look back and go, yep, it's over. It's so that's that's how the they they make you parse things in in this industry. Well and and I get it because you know you have to look at what the definition of a recession is. It's two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. And obviously the first and second quarter, you know, qualified. But the reason he has to say it's likely over is we're still in the third quarter. We can't look back at it and say it's behind us and we had positive growth we're still in that quarter currently so i want to take a few minutes to to talk about four points that that ryan has made on this that really are indicators Mm -hmm. that this recession may be over and the first one is historically new stock market highs have ended recessions as the stock market moves moves forward it is a forward-looking mechanism which we've talked about on this show before Janet, that may be a little bit in question because the markets have been volatile at the end of last week and the start of this week. But uh, still, you know, if the if the markets continue their recent trend, yeah. it would be a, a indicator that this recession is passed. Well, and, and the volatility we expect prior to a presidential election, whether we're in a recession or not, we expect that volatility. John, the second point that he talked about is uh, extremely strong housing data. Yes. We've got some impressive earnings in that arena. Um, and when we see that here we we have known people looking for apartments that who couldn't find it and and it's definitely in terms of houses themselves it is definitely a seller's market and while while there are a number of uh, houses on the market in arkansas they are moving rather fast and i think a lot of that is due to the low interest rates we haven't seen below three percent mortgages in a long time and i was noticing in the paper the other day that the mortgage interest rate was below three percent and that's a big deal. Yeah, it it absolutely is. Janet, let's also talk about the the multi-year high in something that people don't really track that much, and that's copper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Copper is a construction material. It's something that you use in in electronic devices. It's used in, obviously, wiring and copper wiring and things of that nature. And and so an indication of higher prices in copper means that economic activity is picking back up. Yeah, and again, that, that goes back to the housing data that really can tie in together. So lastly, John, manufacturing data is been pretty strong and small businesses remain optimistic. I had somebody ask me recently about, you know, they're getting news about the economy, it's in bad shape and whatever. And I'm like, based on what? Show me. Yes. It's pay attention to whether there's data behind the information that you're being given because it looks pretty strong to us. And, and uh, the other thing that just the other day that we saw was the the unemployment rate dropped below the double digit rate that it was during the recession right. to b- about 8.4%. That is the fastest four minutes in investing. We will be back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. 
Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the GenWealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready for the Future show is back. Many times when you're faced with difficulties in life, you begin to make compromises and and you say, okay, well, I'm going to settle for this or that or this will be good enough. I don't need to really give all out effort on on maybe a goal that you were reaching for. Today, we're talking about that mindset as it applies to your retirement. And our theme here is that good enough isn't just good enough. You've got to really begin to think about your retirement as something that is incredibly critical for you to strive for and, and to attain. And so we wanted to bring in uh, a psychologist to talk with us and help us a little bit to understand the mental aspect of this idea of settling or not settling for retirement. Rebecca Schlau is the owner of the Celine Psychological Services. And Rebecca joins us here on the Get Ready for the Future show today. Rebecca, uh, glad to have you with us. So, of course, we're talking a lot about, you know, settling today, good enough things. And um, I would love to understand from your perspective why you feel like people settle. What starts that for people? Well, that's a really good question. And it's one that's not so easily answered because there's there's actually several reasons why people may settle. And whether we're talking about personal relationships, you know, financial goals, Um, partnerships, things like that. There's a variety of different reasons. So, you know, I think, you know, one of the main reasons people end up settling is because um, it can be kind of easier to stay in your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So when we settle, we, you know, we kind of, we stay put. Mm -hmm. And for humans, sometimes it's easier to just not put the energy into, you know, you know, reaching more or, or going beyond what's comfortable or normal. So we just kind of get in this rut. Mm-hmm. Another why we may settle is, is just out of fear mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we may fear failing or we may fear changes. Uh, you know, maybe we don't trust ourselves or have enough information. And so we just settle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's lots of other reasons, you know, you could have uh, frustration. Mm-hmm. Some people will out of frustration like they've tried something in the past and so it, it scares them from trying something different or uh, maybe they just uh, have a low tolerance for for those failures so persistence like if you have a low frustration tolerance um, let's say you you've challenged yourself or you've gone outside what your comfort zone is in the past but it hasn't really worked out for you that may lead to okay I'm just gonna settle because maybe we're just too afraid to keep pushing ourselves. A lot of that resonates with things I've heard in the oh, room before. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca, you, you you hit on one word that we we talk a lot about kind of behind the scenes at GenWealth, and that is fear. Um, because many times we see that in people who are preparing for retirement. And it, what we have found is that if we can pinpoint the fear, we mm-hmm. can probably deal with it. But if we can't pinpoint the fear, if there's just this I'm afraid. I'm just, you know, broadly afraid of Mm -hmm. whatever it is, then we really struggle to be able to help them move forward. So draw the draw a psychological explanation for us on that. How important is it for people to be able to understand their fears before they can move forward? Well, that's also a, a pretty good question. I mean, I think you have to really ask yourself, what it is you're afraid of. I mean, because fear, I mean, and I think a lot of people, you know, psychologically speaking, don't even truly understand what their fear is Mm because they've never really challenged themselves to ask, you know, is it a personal failure or what if they fail with a goal, what that means to other people? Are they worried about how that may look to others or are they worried about it to themselves Mm -hmm. or if it will really compromise their future? So, um, I don't know if I answered that question act, uh, specifically. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's fine. One it's, of the things I challenge my kids to do when they talk about being scared of something is I ask them to take it to the nth degree. So if yeah. this happened, if the worst case scenario you see today happened, what's next? And then what? 
Because sometimes yep. it helps them realize the fear's not that bad. The worst yeah. case scenario is not that bad. So, absolutely. absolutely. That's actually a really good technique that's used in therapy is that, you know, sometimes people's fears, um, uh, you know, especially when they're not necessarily life-threatening, okay, let, let's explore that. Like, mm-hmm. if, if A, B, or C were to happen, what would you do next? Mm-hmm. And if you actually about it and process it you'll see that that worst case scenario that they were fearing is kind of doable if we had to get there yeah and so by exploring that fear that is a way to to make people actually feel better and say you know what i i could deal with that if that happened let's circle back to the thought of settling um what's the detriment to our our well-being well-being when we choose to settle and what are some of the long-term effects of maintaining that mindset of settling yeah um fair question uh well i mean the first thing that pops up in my mind is you know the detriment is you don't improve your quality of life it's kind of like that failed improvement to making your life better missed opportunities um, looking back with regret, mm-hmm. I mean, it affects our, our self-confidence and ourselves. That can also lead to depression, anxiety. When we settle, when we don't move beyond uh, and, and pursue things, I mean, that can really affect our, our motivation, you know, moving forward. And so I see a lot of people with anxiety and depression because they haven't done something they wish they had done. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, mental, mental health wise, I mean, I guess it, you know, it kind of depends on the issue, obviously, that we're talking about. But I mean, I see a lot of people that look back with regret. I see a lot of people, um, you know, when you settle, you're also kind of teaching the people that look up to you, even your kids to settle, mm-hmm. you know, because that mm-hmm. it's fine. So, you know, don't really push yourself. Um, so, I mean, it can kind of affect the people in your life as well. Mm-hmm. Um and also, I mean, I think people, when, you know, humans, we want to reach our potential. We we strive to hit our peak in life. You know, that's kind of a, a goal that it's kind of innate to humans. And so when we know we're not reaching our full potential, I mean, I think that kind of goes back in that mindset where it can really lead to some, you know, guilt or regrets or, you know, confidence issues. And where do you see when people are struggling with these sorts of things, what role does creating goals and setting those goals for their future or having plans play in helping with that? Does it help? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's important to set goals um, and work towards them because that's that again, that's kind of an objective of just humans. I mean, I think some of that is just we're, we're kind of born with and our, our goals help kind of become our our map, like mm-hmm. our guide for what we want to accomplish in life. And so, um, I mean, I really think that, it, you know, by learning and creating and doing, this also just keeps our minds sharp. So having mm-hmm. goals that we're actively working towards, um, I mean, for me, you know, from a neuropsychological perspective, I work with a lot of older folks who, um, you know, as we get older, they're, they're looking at retirement, they're, they're looking at, you know, future goals. And it's so important to have things in place, like things you want to do, mm-hmm. other goals, because not only does it give you something to do, which keeps your, you know, your body active, it keeps you mentally active as well. And as we get older, you know, I can tell you that the more uh, mentally active we stay, uh, the better our overall quality of life is, too. We talk about uh, so that all the time with people. You've got to retire to something, not yeah. from something. And, and we've seen that, too, in, in our practice as well. Rebecca, at, at GenWealth, we talk a lot about our passion and purpose and our mission. Our, our Part of our mission is to help clients realize their God-given financial purpose. And we talk about the importance of pursuing your purpose with passion. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it or, or what, what role do you think that purpose and passion play in somebody pursuing those goals and dreams rather than just settling for good enough? Well, I mean, it, it kind of depends on how you how you look at that question. So, I mean, I mean, I think overall purpose and passion, I mean, those are, those are our motivating factors. Those are our, our motivation our, that gives us meaning. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so I believe those are crucial to, you know, pursuing greatness and, and getting out of the, the settling 
routine or rut. So, I mean, I think, I think they're, I mean, I think they're crucial. I mean, cause when I hear good enough, when I hear, you know, settling, I just think of like good enough. I mean, I just think that that just means you're surviving. Yeah. That mm-hmm. doesn't really mean you're thriving. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think being good enough will, will get you through life, but I think those passions and that purpose really helps you pursue your quality of life and improving mm-hmm. what you have now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's crucial. I think I've seen a couple of warring dynamics when I've seen what I feel like would be settling. And for some people it is, I feel like I don't deserve fill in the blank. For some people, I feel like it's, I don't feel like I have the tools to achieve fill in the blank. So when you think about that with settling, what are some practical steps that our listeners can take to avoid settling? Okay. um, And that's a really great question. Uh, So I would say, you know, the, the one thing I always tell clients is, first of all, kind of, they need to explore their own thoughts. You really Mm -hmm. need to explore what your realistic goals might be and how could your life be better right now? So ask yourself this question. Um, Ask yourself, you know, what do you really want? What would actually make you happier? And these are easy questions to ask, but they actually may be harder to answer. Mm-hmm. It may actually take a few days to really process that thought. Now, once you've kind of processed that and really, really thought about what you want, you know, what would be the next step? What would be great for you? Write it down. Okay. By writing something down, mm-hmm. you are using different parts of your brain to help mm-hmm. process that information in a different way than if you just kept it in here. Mm-hmm. So get it out so getting your thoughts out can help solidify and help move you forward and process it Um, another thing is that's kind of similar is just tell people Mm -hmm. tell people like maybe your support system your friends your family tell people what you're what you kind of want out of life tell people what your goals are tell people what your passions are you know what what would make your life better right now really talk about it um because i mean there's there's also social pressure too so if we tell one about our goal it kind of puts that Mm -hmm. pressure on us okay we have that um that accountability now so we told someone about it um and i would also rebecca i'm I'm sorry i'm gonna jump in we're we're right up at time for break i want to let everybody know again this is rebecca schlau from Celine psychological services talking with us today about how to not settle for a good enough retirement rebecca thank you so much for joining us Thanks for having me so much. I really appreciate it. Back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. There are only three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. We are back talking about this whole idea of settling for something less than the ideal retirement. And, and, you know, life is full of pressures these days. And there's a huge demand on your money. Uh, There's something calling for every dollar that you can make and then probably 10 times more than you can make. Uh, There's there's some need out there. But we always have to think about what the future holds and what our desired future is. And so we heard just a few moments ago, Janet, from Rebecca Schlau and some great advice on how to not let that mindset of settling creep into your mental part of what's going on. But there are some definitive actions that you can take or not or avoid to keep this from actually impacting what that desired future needs to be. You know, one of the things she talked about was actually writing down your goals. And it made me think about a written plan. And, and I, I do know, I'll be very transparent, I know she was talking about physically writing things down and the way that works differently in your brain than just talking about them or reading something, whatever. Just the engagement is different. So that is important. Uh, but, but I also think just the concept of having goals, you know, that mm-hmm. so many people the goal is this nebulous goal of retirement. I, I want to retire someday. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a goal. That's a dream. Yeah. But if you can get specific about it and say, 
I want to retire on February 13th of 2032, and and this is how much income I want to have per month, and mm-hmm. this is what that's going to look like, then you're getting somewhere. And you can go through the process, like she said, of physically writing it down as well, but to, to have a written plan that will help you walk that path is important. The process of planning is yes. about understanding what you're trying to accomplish. If you can't name it, it's hard to achieve it. So the first rule is to name it. And that's what you were talking about. So that's what the planning process does is it helps you realize what your goal is so that you can work backwards and say, okay, this is where I'm trying to get. This is what I can do to get there. So if you don't take the time to figure out what you're trying to accomplish, you're just kind of throwing things and hoping it works out. And guys, the, the, one of the biggest traps people fall into is they think that investments are, are good enough. If you say, yeah. do you have a retirement plan? Oh, yeah, I have one at work. Well, do you really have a written retirement plan? And that is that process that you're speaking of, of actually writing down on paper and, and calculating and figuring out what those equations need to be to produce the income that you're looking for in retirement. So the plan is not like your 401k plan. Mm-hmm. You know, it does have that name in there. It has the word plan in there but that's not your plan that's your investment account Mm -hmm. but it's not your plan for retirement so let's talk about how we avoid settling for this good enough so uh, the first point we want to discuss is really understanding what you're trying to accomplish and and that that goes back to what we were saying a moment ago about it doesn't need to be a nebulous goal of okay i'm going to retire at some point we've got to get down into the specifics and count the cost that we're looking at and really determine what your income goal is for retirement Teresa, this is one that we talked about with Mm -hmm. a case that you and Chad are working on in Conway, that if we don't have a an answer to solve for i'll go my mom was an algebra teacher so i'm going to say we're solving for x okay if if we don't have x to solve for Mm -hmm. then there's not a right answer for how you get ready for your retirement because we don't know if you need five hundred dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a month and you solve for those in two very different ways Mm -hmm. so we have to get to how much money do you need to have? And there are a ton of other factors related to that number. So if we can't get that number first, then all of the other pieces aren't easy to, to really name either. But once you've gone through that and understood what you're trying to accomplish, then you've got to understand the power of compound interest. A lot of people are trying to time the market this year because of all the volatility. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 But they don't understand the power of time in the market. Well, let's let's look at the board here for just a second because I want to I want to do my Carl Rove impersonation. Again because <laughs> he I, loves this board. I love my little board because it, it's so simple to explain complex situations with a little whiteboard. So here's what I wanted to pass along. If you take five hundred dollars a month at 8% and you invest over 35 years, you're going to hit that magic million dollar mark. Now, there is no magic to million dollars, but people think, well, if I have a million dollars, I'm I'm really good. It feels good to hit seven figures. And again, this is just an example. This isn't indicative of any investment. And we're not saying that, you know, 8% is a guarantee or anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. But if you were able to achieve 8% average over a 35 year time period, you would have a million dollars. Here's what waiting five years does to that million dollar goal. It cuts it down to 700,000 thousand dollars. If you only save for 30 years, you only accumulate $700,000. But if you only save for 25 years, here's the amazing thing. It knocks it down to $457,000. It's less than half. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's just knocking 10 years off of it. Young people out there, if you're thinking I've got plenty of time to save for retirement, the power of compound interest tells you that you're burning money every day that you wait. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a huge, huge deal. Uh, One of my favorite quotes with regard to our industry is from Albert Einstein, and it's about compound interest. And we talk about, you know, I think we can all agree that he knew a little bit about power and force, Mm -hmm. but he said compound interest is the most powerful force in the universe. So let that soak in that it, it is a big deal to get your money working for you. And the longer it can work for you, the more it's going to produce for you. Janet, I've got these numbers a little bit different a little bit different take on them but if your goal is to save a million dollars in retirement assuming that you retire at age 60 in order to reach your goal if you start from age 25 you'll need to save $500 a month, as we just showed you. You would need to save $750 a month if you wait and start at age 30. And if you wait and start at age 35, 
you would need to save $1,100 a month. If you think you can't afford it now, you sure can't afford it later. <laughs> and, right. and so you've got to be on this from an early age to really be able to capitalize on the things that you're trying to do. And I think it's important that people understand the, the key to this. And I know it sounds kind of silly to say it like we don't all know this, but understand you can't spend every dollar you make and save. So yeah. you need to set your budget. I know a lot of people hate budgets. I hate them too. It's a necessary evil to me. Okay. But if you don't know where your money's going, mm -hmm. it's time to get it under control. Cause I can guarantee you from the experience I've had with people, you've got some wiggle room you didn't know you had most likely. Absolutely. So guys, let's talk about understanding the power of a matching contribution, because I'm just going to say, you know, mama told you there wasn't anything, any such thing as a free lunch. There is a match. Okay. Yes. And it is free money. Now, yes, you have to put some in, but, but it's your money. So you're not like paying for the match. You're putting your money in and it's going to be there for you. And then you get a match on top of that. So there are different ways that matches work. We're going to go through an example in just a moment, but you might have something where if you contribute 6%, then the company contributes 3% of your salary each year. And so that's a 50% match. Some people have a dollar for dollar match up to maybe 6%. Some people is dollar for dollar up to three. The point is whether it's 50% or 100%, it does not matter. It is free money that your employer is giving mm -hmm. to you so let's participate in that and guys i think we've got a slide uh, that we're going to look at here on on how this works and the impact teresa that that a match can have on somebody's mm -hmm. retirement so if you're looking at this slide what you're seeing is an example of a fifty thousand dollar salary being increased by two percent every year with a ten percent contribution and getting an 8% return. The match on this is gonna be 3%. So if you look at those numbers, they put in eight or 10%, got a 3% match. At the end of this time period, without the match, they would have had 1.696. So $1,696,000. With the match, 2.2 million. That's huge. That's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. Here's the deal. If I walked up to you and said, hey, if you hand me $20, I'll hand you 40 you're going to find that $20. You're going to find some way to get your hands on that $20 so that you can get the 40 back. Yeah. That's what you're doing here. You are putting money back, usually on a pre-tax basis, sometimes not. And your employer is giving you the benefit of saying good job and handing you that money for free. Don't walk away from that. Please don't walk away from that. It can, make a, it can make a, a, a huge difference in your retirement. It could be the difference between settling and actually living the life that you desire. We, I'll tell a, a GenWealth story. So we are GenWealth financial advisors. Mm -hmm. We specialize in retirement planning, but not everybody who works here is an advisor. So not everybody who works here has a full understanding, you know, when they first start working here of how retirement works and that type of thing. So, um, Teresa, this particular meeting, you know, you already know where oh, I'm going. Oh, I know where you're going. Um, I would like to point ago, out I was not one of the people you were talking about. How long ago <laughs> was this? Was this it was year a year ago, a year okay. and a half ago. So a year and a half or so ago, um, we we have we have a quarterly team meeting mm -hmm. and I went uh, I went to Jackie who keeps our books and I said Jackie I need to know the number the dollar amount on missed contributions the matches the matching money that our team could have had if they had fully participated on their end in our simple which is a small business equivalent of a 401k she gave me the number it was just below $10,000 mm -hmm. that our team had missed out on the previous year. And uh, so I went to the bank and I got that amount of money. Tellers thought I was crazy, uh, but we got that amount of money. And actual cash. Actual mm -hmm. cash. And went to the team meeting. And boy, if you want to get your team's attention, you pull out just shy of 10000 actual dollars and start putting it out on tables in bundles of money, and they're listening all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So I put, I put this out, spread it out kind of around the room, and we talked about, what is this? Anybody interested in having some of this? And everybody's like, oh man, I want some of that. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Mm -hmm. They're like calling dibs. And then we talked about, this is the money that you guys said you didn't want last year. You left it on the table. You is left what you said. it, yeah. Mm -hmm. You left it on the table. It and, was and yours. They had, and they had to leave it on the table that when day. They when, that they, day yes. when they left that day too. But room. It, it was literally theirs for the taking, mm -hmm. and they left it on the table because they didn't have that visual. But mm -hmm. by golly, after they had that visual, we had people signing up for the simple left and right. And and from a business owner's perspective, it's a little strange to say, "Please take my money." 
please. <laughs> yeah. But we want you to retire. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's just the reality of the situation. John, we've got about a minute left or so. Uh, what do you want people to focus on? Well, I think that the important thing to focus on right now is wherever you are right now is where you are. You can't undo mm-hmm. where you have come up to this point. But what you do going forward is critically important, even if you are at retirement. So the thing for you to do is to sit down with a financial advisor. Most folks don't sit down and get advice on their money. They think if they're smart enough to make it, they're smart enough to manage it. And that's not necessarily the case. So you can certainly give us a call at 501-653-7355. We've got offices across the state of Arkansas and in North Louisiana ready to serve you. A GenWealth Advisor, if you're watching this show or listening to this show today, there's a GenWealth Advisor near you. Give us a call, 501-653-7355. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. I don't remember exactly what cartoon it was, but it was back when there were newspapers that actually were delivered to your house and there was actual cartoons in the newspaper. And mm-hmm. But there was this cartoon one time in the newspaper uh, and this little character said, we have seen the enemy and it is us. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we are today in talking about this whole issue of settling for retirement. And, and in fact, it is, we do it to ourselves a lot of times. Now, mm-hmm. we do it to ourselves by thinking our way into saying, well, I'm just going to settle for this or I'm just going to settle for that and I'm going to throttle back on my retirement savings. But sometimes it's early on in your financial life and you're not even really seriously thinking about retirement that you do some things that can cause you to derail your retirement plan. So ladies, let's dive into how you uh, try to avoid some of those things that could derail your plan for your desired future. So one of the first points we want to talk about is not borrowing from your retirement. And I have heard every version of, but I'm paying myself interest and Mm -hmm. you, you name it and all of the reasons. Here's the challenge you don't understand compound interest Mm -hmm. if you're going to borrow from your own retirement. That's just the reality of the situation because you are missing the compounding impact of that money that's out there. Not to mention the fact, Teresa, that, you know, you're having to pay that money back into your plan Mm -hmm. on an after-tax basis. Mm -hmm. People don't even begin to do the math on that. Um, Just like the visual that we talked about on participating in the simple IRA, if people had a visual of the cost yeah. of borrowing from their retirement, they wouldn't touch it. They would run from it like the devil himself. Janet, Janet I have, I've actually done that with people, and it was of no financial interest to us because they were talking about taking yeah. a loan from their 401k plan, which we didn't manage. And, and I said, look, you don't want to do that. And I went through the, the, the understanding of how that missed money and, and the lack of earning on that money over time makes this huge negative impact. And I said to them, look, this is just like saying, I'm going to settle for less in retirement to get what I want today. That boat that you want to go buy or that debt that you want to go pay off that you don't want to do the hard things to pay that debt off, that you want to do the easy thing, which is to sign some paperwork at the office and get a check from your 401k company and liquidate it and and be done with it. Uh, that That is not going to get you to that desired future that you're looking for. And it also, I'm sorry, let's talk. Once you talk about if you change jobs while mm-hmm. you have that loan on your mm-hmm. 401k, what happens then? That was where I was headed because I have a client who is paying interest on a loan in an old 401k because if they moved it, the tax the tax ramifications for them would be too great. So when they switch jobs not knowing the impact, that loan can't be serviced any longer very easily. So they're stuck paying that interest until they retire or until they reach 59 and a half and can move it because the employer switched providers. So it's not quite the same as switching complete jobs. When you switch jobs, you have to take it as a distribution if you mm-hmm. roll it out. Mm-hmm. So now it's actually a taxable distribution to you instead of a loan. There, You don't want to be limited by things that are unnecessary. And it's a bad habit to get into of spending outside your means and then rescuing yourself from money that you really need for later. 
So let's hit on that detail of it becoming a taxable distribution to you instead of a loan when you change jobs. So let's say that you've taken out $10,000, and frankly, usually it's a larger amount mm-hmm. when people do this, but for easy math, you've taken out $10,000, and let's say between state and federal that you, you owe 25% in, in taxes if that is a, a distribution. So when you change jobs, your loan becomes a distribution because you don't have a way to pay it back through mm-hmm. payroll anymore. So it becomes a distribution. So there's there's twenty five hundred dollars there. By the way, pre fifty nine and a half. Now this year pre fifty nine and a half penalties are waived because of coronavirus. But in any other year mm-hmm. besides twenty twenty, you're also gonna owe another ten percent. So that's another thousand dollars. So now you have $3,500 that come tax time, you have to pay up at that point. And you you may be out of a job because maybe you left that job involuntarily, but you're, you've definitely, you're definitely in a situation where if you were having to borrow the $10,000 in the first place, you probably mm-hmm. don't have $3,500 to pay your taxes out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So you're officially up Crap Creek at this point. <laughs> yeah. So With uh, no paddle. With no paddle. And, and even if you didn't yeah. switch jobs, those dollars aren't working for you while you've got them on loan yeah so you're missing the opportunity for it to grow well it's also kind of uh, the the kissing cousin to the subject that you guys are talking about is seeing a a crack in your retirement piggy bank when you change jobs because this is not the loan but this is where i'm going to go rob from my financial future and go spend it on something and and you know you've got four options with an old 401k you can leave it in the old plan you can transfer it to a new plan you could roll it into an IRA or you can cash it out. And it is that last one that is the big derailment factor for a lot of people in their mm-hmm. retirement. They don't think it's that big a deal. It's only $10,000 or yeah. it's only $20,000. And I have all these other needs that are just howling mm-hmm. at the moon at me, but it is detrimental to your financial future to do that. Yeah. I, and and let me, let me provide one waiver on this. If you've got, John, we used to talk about this on a regular basis that our, our former broker dealer if you've got a a child or a spouse with a significant medical issue and you need that money for their literally like life or death treatment okay and we have seen that okay take the money that's Mm -hmm. not what this conversation is about this conversation is about paying off credit card debt or paying uh, or buying a boat or, or whatever. paying off the house paying or, off the house mm-hmm. whatever don't rob your retirement from your future retirement money unless it is literally life or death because we're talking about your future livelihood here Janet, one other thing before we run out of time today that I want to be sure that we point out that is a derailment of your uh, future retirement plan, and that is not meeting with an advisor on a regular basis. Look, we we do plans here at GenWealth all the time, but we would be kidding you and anybody else that comes to us if we said, okay, here's your three-ring binder. Good luck to you. Thank you very much for coming in. You're all set for retirement. Yeah. It just nothing changes, of course, right? Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And, and we have clients today that it's really a hard job to try to get them to come in and sit down and talk about, you know, what's going on in their finances or whatever. They say, oh, everything's fine. Everything's good. You really don't really know until you sit down and have that conversation and begin mm-hmm. to look at different things differently and, and be sure that you are continuing to track in the direction that you need to go. So one of the other points on not derailing your plan is maintaining the mind of an investor. Yes. Uh, and this is really, you know, the prioritization of your dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my daughter um, just started working a little bit this summer after she turned 14. And when when she got that first paycheck, boy, no shock to anybody here, but we sat down and talked, you know, and we had <laughs> talked before that, but we sat down and talked and, and in our home, tithing is important. That's a priority. And mm-hmm. so that was the first, you know, part of the conversation is, okay, how much did you get paid? What is, what is the gross amount? And therefore, how much does your tithe need to be? And then you make a decision about offerings above and beyond that. So she did that and she, she handled her tithing at that point. And then 
for her right now, the focal point at 14 is saving for a vehicle. So she made the choice that everything after what she gave to the church, all the rest of that was going into savings for her vehicle. And that's what she's doing with each paycheck. Mm -hmm. She's being very intentional about it. Now, when you get, you know, a little bit older, then there are other priorities. And one of your priorities very early on needs to be intentionally saving for retirement. And it comes before, just like for her, it comes before all the other cool stuff. You know, could she go and buy some gadgets with her paycheck? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's her decision. But she's focused on that goal of buying a car. And I'm going to take a mommy moment in here and say, if you earn income, you can be saving for retirement. You don't right. have to be an adult. You don't have to be 18 even to right. start that. So if your kid's starting their job and you want them to have a better future than you did because you didn't know these things, mm-hmm. start there. Make sure they know that they can start young. It's consistency yep. and time. And they need to start early if they want to be successful. Guys, paying yourself first was one of the first financial lessons that I ever learned when I started uh, even being interested in the financial business was just the power of paying yourself first. There's mm-hmm. no one more important uh, in terms of your dollars than you. And so you've got to have that mindset of an investor. And I'm going to pay myself first, regardless of whatever else might be going on. You heard the bell there. So we are ready for our final thoughts as we begin to wrap up this edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Kick it over to Janet for your of thoughts right off the bat janet i would circle back to one of my favorite words and that is intentional just Mm -hmm. be intentional about your money specifically be intentional about your retirement Um, there is not an aspect in your life that you would say that you want to settle for good enough if i say would you like to settle for a marriage that's good enough would you like to settle for a relationship with your kids that's good enough would you like to settle for a car that's just good enough probably not you know, not, you're not going to settle on any of those points if you have the option. Well, you have the option in retirement. Don't settle. You don't have to. You need to get some education. You need to get a written plan so that you know that you're on track for the retirement you want, not just one that's good enough. Final thoughts from uh, Teresa Ergo from our Conway office. You are the captain of your ship, whether it's your finances, your family, whatever. You are the captain of your ship, but you've got to make decisions and then bring in help for the things you don't know on your own. It is not shameful to ask for help. It's extremely important. So be the captain, take control, make some decisions, get it on paper and play the play. Last thought is, hey, it's all up to you. The choice between good enough and more than enough is all yours. Make wise choices when it comes to your money. All right, we're going to wrap things up on the Get Ready for the Future show for this afternoon. We thank you very much for being with us. And uh, of course, you can reach out to us at 501-653-7355. If there's anything financially we can help you with, give us a call. Speak with Anna Olive, our new client coordinator, and she will get you connected with a Gen Wealth Advisor near you. For the entire team, Teresa Arago and Janet Walker, I'm John Shrewsbury. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon on the Get Ready for the Future show. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.